Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. Hey, bud. We're back at it. Baseball season is upon us. One last time until five weeks from now, or until the Sarver investigation drops next week, or whatever happens, but it is crazy to look at this year compared to last year, because last year... It's a similar timeline with the draft, like it's still only like two weeks after the finals or whatever, but the finals end, I'm like wiped, but then crash through an entire week um, over like four days, beef up on the 2021 NBA draft. We do a whole podcast about it. We mentioned Herb Jones at the end, big win for us, big win for us. Oh, yeah. We mentioned him. He was on our radar. He was on our radar. Should have taken him. And then they traded their pick, and none of that wound up mattering. Uh, and they got Landry Shamit. So it's weird now to have not only like a month between that, but they're going to go to the draft where the Suns currently don't have a pick. And then we're going to go to Summer League where who is going to play on their Summer League team. It's probably going to be like last year's Summer League team with a bunch of more experienced players who are playing in Europe. And then it is going to be the offseason about a month later. So... With that in mind, we are going to, the way I phrased it with our written pieces with what we're going to talk about is put a bow on this season and sort of set up the off season to kind of have a launching point whenever we bring all this stuff up in the future because it is going to come up in the future. We titled the series like off-season questions, something bland and to the point so you understand what we're talking about. And we have five pieces up on the site when you're reading this, I would assume, because your last one will probably go up Friday morning. We're recording this probably. Thursday night. Yeah. Part one was on DeAndre Ayton and his future with the team and the luxury tax, which we will get into. Part two was on the Devin Booker Supermax potential, which you wrote about. Part three was on how much Chris Paul's form in the playoffs impacts the way the Suns are going to look at their future going forward. I wrote about that. I also wrote about Cam Johnson's potential rookie scale extension. And then you wrote about kind of all this grab bag of other pieces on the team, other holes on the team that need to be addressed, and things like that. I think going in the order of the series makes the most sense here. Would you agree? Starting with DeAndre and the luxury tax? Yeah, that's where to start, definitely. Do you want to start? Let's start with the luxury tax up front. The Suns currently, right now, if they renounce the rights of everyone that they have, mm-hmm. uh, unrestricted or restricted, because they have Aaron Holiday restricted, I believe Ish Wainwright would be restricted technically. Um, they have a team option on Cam Johnson, which they accepted, so that's already taken care of. Plain. It is nine total players on the team that account for $128 million on the salary cap sheet. The cap is 120 so they're already over it, just like that. The luxury tax number is $149 million. So if they sign DeAndre Ayton to a deal that he would sign, they are instantly in the luxury tax by a good amount already. Mathing, mathing, yeah. The luxury tax, how I will explain it for beginners, and I've gotten this signed off by a couple of different people who know this stuff. I, 
I apologize in advance if I say something slightly wrong, but I promise I'll get the general idea across. Basically, what happens is once you spend a certain amount of money over the... You are allowed to put $300 million on your cap sheet if you want. That might not actually be right. <laughs> there might actually be like a yeah, CBA clause where it, where it has to stop at 200 no or 250 paid, or whatever. what, over like 50 or something like that this past year for reference? I believe so, but in the past, like I think the Warriors were over $100 million on their luxury tax bill last year. With Kelly Oubre, something like that, yeah. Essentially how it works is once you hit 149 or whatever the number is for that year, you are going to pay... A dollar fifty for every dollar. If your luxury tax bill is zero to five million dollars over the yeah. luxury tax line, and then we go into increments of five million dollars or more, so six to ten million now is either two dollars or two dollars and fifty cents for every dollar. I can't remember. Yeah, and then on and on and on. So this this gets going quickly. So for those of you that were like, why didn't they trade for Eric Gordon for a first round pick? It might have had to do less with the first round pick, to be honest. It might have had to do more with the fact that he was making $20 million next year, and that would have meant that their luxury tax bill would have been X more expensive. Yeah, it's not just the $20 million, It's the one fifty of $20 million on top of the $20 million. On top of That's the $20 That's how taxes million work, too. y'all. You know. Shout out taxes. <laughs> Shout out our government. What up? What up, IRS? Ugh. So... As you can imagine, this this can get complicated for the Suns just on that basis alone. And then what really is worth bringing up here with the two decisions, two of the de- three of the decisions that they have to make this offseason, I guess you can say all of them are lumped together, but there's something called the repeater being a, re- a repeat offender, which means if you are a luxury tax team for three out of the four seasons of the last four seasons that are being talked about, those fees that we talked about get even crazier. They yes. get even higher and get nuts, which is where you've seen like the Warriors come up, which is where you see the Clippers starts come up and other instances where there are teams being repeaters. I think that OKC was one during the tail end of the Westbrook Harden, um, Abaka Durant years, I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly off the top of my head. That is worth bringing up because, as we mentioned, those are the numbers for the Suns right now. Devin Booker has two years left on this deal, and then if he makes All-NBA, which he is going to, he is eligible for a four-year, $211 million extension. Now, the cap is going to go up quite a bit. It should go up quite a bit, Kev, which is which is good stuff new, uh, for them. New TV money would come in 25-26, I believe, which is the second year of his new deal. So right now, like if he went in, um, Bobby Marks laid out the numbers of his contract, basically fifty million. I just pulled him up, yeah. So forty-seven million for the twenty-four, twenty-five season. So that is three seasons away. So that's gonna go up incrementally, maybe fifty-one, fifty-five, fifty-eight. When I'm when I'm rounding up or rounding down, basically. So it's it's a significant increase, and that would be for the next six seasons that he would be making. He'd be making thirty-four, thirty-six, forty-seven, fifty-one, fifty-five, fifty-eight. Mikel Bridges starts the first year of his four-year extension for four years and $90 million next season. So again, if we're looking at this right now, you've, you would already have Mikel Bridges down for at least 22, around 20 to $25 million each year. I think his is just slowly escalating of the 22.5 annual average. So right away, you would have those down. You would have something like $75 million in 25-26 just dedicated to Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges, and that's it. That's before DeAndre, and that's before Cam Johnson. Landry Shamit's eleven mil too, not guaranteed. Not though, guaranteed so. though. So they would. I would be very surprised if that was hanging around. But 
this is where Chris Paul's contract comes in handy for them, especially with the way that you can see why they framed it. That's the thing that you learn is what we're about to be talking about. The Suns really knew what they were doing with a lot of different options here, including Shamit's guarantees we're going to talk about, including Chris Paul's, which I'm going to talk about right now. He has another year left, fully guaranteed, that is worth around 28, I want to say. Right now, I say I want to say, and like I've got the numbers right in front of me, four clicks away. I should just stop being lazy on our last podcast What's, for six weeks and get yeah. us together. 28 around there. The next year, it is 30, but only 15 million of it is guaranteed. So let's say everything we saw in the Dallas series was just old age catching up to him and they want to cut bait after a year. That 30.8 million, they'll take a $15 million dead cap hit, and then that's it. Last year of that deal, 30 million even, fully non guaranteed. So this year, this coming next season, the $28.4 million, that is the last part of his salary that is guaranteed. So you got some wiggle room there. But again, like just looking at 24-25, you would have some trouble. Mikel Bridge is making 23.3. Booker getting over 50. That's where you'd have DeAndre Ayton making, what, 30, 35, whatever it would be. And then you'd have Cam Johnson making, what, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yep. That is where you start becoming a repeat offender, and that is where the tax bill starts to get absolutely ludicrous. Even if it launches into a not even comparable cap. Correct. Or tax, I guess, line. Right now, the projections, which are just cleaning the glasses, have it going to 135 for that 24-25 year. So, And I'm bringing up that 24-25 season because next year, that's three seasons away. So if they're a luxury tax repeater for those three years in a row... Or if they're a luxury tax team for those three years, they're a repeater, not only that year, but the year after that as well, because it would be three out of four. You know what I'm saying? That's how it gets you. That's how it gets you. So, all of this rounds about back to DeAndre Aiden and Cam Johnson. I asked you, like, flat out two months ago, who would you rather have on the team? And you said it was an obvious answer. I said it was an obvious answer, too. I said Cam. You said DeAndre. We'll get into that in a bit. Let's start with DeAndre. How much how much are you reading into what happened in the last three weeks directly affecting their decision? I think his play means a lot more than whatever happened in the last game, which last game he didn't play well. But is he a guy who, like, look, they didn't get to the NBA Finals without him is my thing. And this is where I can't judge, did they screw up? Was it his doing? Was it just teammates not getting him the ball, Monty not scheming toward him? Because I don't care what you think about him. If you put enough spacing and shooting around him, he's going to get those high percentages, dunks, and teams are going to have to decide if they're going to live with that because like, that's what made that team good last year. We didn't see that. I don't think his defense was there either, but I don't know if that's him too. Um, I guess my thing is, does the last, do the last, what, 14 games, 13 games, sorry, math, change your mind about his abilities? Yes, he's going to nod. Yeah, for sure. Um, Just because we saw the inconsistencies from these four regular seasons in the playoffs we hadn't before he didn't he didn't have the rondo playoff run that he had last offseason which i was like we saw him work through the issues when they popped up in the game 
Yeah. By the third quarter, they were non-existent. They came up in those playoff games, but he was working through them. He did not work through them well during this run at all, particularly in the and Dallas the series. Same problems. It was it was really rough. What I wrote is, you just have to accept him for who he is. You have to accept that there's going to be these inconsistencies, these prolonged stretches where he is disengaged, disconnected, appearing at times even disinterested in playing around the rim, in playing through contact, all that kind of stuff, to an extent where it completely sinks his own individual play and his teams as well. Because the way that he played in that Dallas series, they can't they can't win. I don't care how healthy Chris Paul is, they can't beat Dallas if he's if he's playing like that for the most of the series. They just can't. I, I refuse to believe that even if Chris Paul eh, is doing I the fourteen to fourteen yeah. thing, I'm I'm willing to go that far. I don't think they can win if he's like that. I think they could have beaten Dallas, but not a title. Maybe they could have beaten Dallas, but yeah, maybe that's the safer way of beating of saying it that they don't win a title like that. I don't even think they get out of the Western Conference Finals like that. No. So are you willing to accept that? He has improved a lot each season. Like he has yeah. not just improved incrementally. That's the thing. Devin Booker was so good right away that it's been incremental progress every year. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been like DeAndre was not good when he came in the league. He was not a good NBA player when he came in. Um, he did not look like someone who was going to be a good NBA player right away when he was drafted. We talked about that a lot. He comes in, improves a lot, and at the end of his season is around where he should be for a top five pick after his rookie season. By the end of his third year, we're like, is this a top five center in the league? By the end of his fourth season, this is a top five center in the league. There is no way to replace him. It is impossible. You can replace him with a slightly worse center. You cannot replace him with a slightly worse center or worse center that comes close to doing what he does. The role that he has for the defense, the way that they play defense, the way that they rebound, the way that they play on offense because of the gravity that he sucks in, it would change absolutely everything about their team if he was not on this team next year. Are they ready to do that? Are they ready to move on from him? I think the latter question is a lot more interesting because are they just sick of his stuff at this point, seeing this in games? They very well might be. That is the read that everyone is having. I think this is a very different conversation if him and Monty don't have a little thing on the bench when he gets taken out of the game. Even if he gets taken out of the game with 8.30 left in the third quarter and Dever plays again in the, in the blowout, I really don't think it's that much of a thing until that. And I think it's way less of a thing if Monty doesn't answer with it's internal when asked when asked about it. I think it's just a lot less of a thing that we're talking about right now in terms of how it directly affects his future with the team. I think we would because still it culminates be, in the yeah. what happened. Was there more behind it? Has this been going on for a while? Yeah. Are they fed up with him? That whole thing. I think that's not even that much of a conversation. Is this future a conversation? Still, absolutely. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's just really elevated everything. Yeah. This is where I think the conversation gets weird. Sam on the Timeline podcast, Mike and Sam, Sam spent about three minutes going on, and I would just play the audio cut if I had in front of me because he's going to say it's smarter than I did. Sign-in trades are not really a thing, and people are acting like they're a thing. Remember the sign-in trade for Isaiah Thomas, Alex Oriaki in a second-round pick? <laughs> As for a trade exception, I think, or something. And a trade exception or something. 
Not saying that's what the Suns would get in return for DeAndre in a sign-in trade. I'm just saying sign-in trades already have these rules behind them that eliminate teams from the luxury tax and then eliminate teams from under the cap. And the under the cap part is just like, why would a team under the cap that can sign him sign and trade right. for him when they can just agree to a deal with him? And the Suns can say, well, we're going to match anyway. But then DeAndre's like, well, I'm not going to. And then you get a whole standoff. And that's where that goes. So then you need to find these teams in between those two spots <laughs> who, one, need a center, two, need a center and like DeAndre Ayton, three, need a center like DeAndre Ayton and have things the Suns want to acquire and said sign and trade. It's difficult, man. So, I propose pitched, that. Let's pitch some, no? So I Well, that's the thing. I I I spent 15 minutes googling through sign and trades yeah. that involving DeAndre and including ones that like I can't even verify myself. That's the thing. I can't go through I don't know what the list is of teams I can actually sign and trade for him. I don't have it in front of me. I would have to really look into that, but I mean, the ones I'm looking at in front of me right now like the Pacers, Miles Turner and Chris Duarte. It's like Okay, now you're playing with a stretch five. You probably need to get a four who can do more handling of the ball then. You're getting a really good defensive player still. Trade him to Detroit for Jeremy Grant. Where are you going to get your center? Are you going to sign Mitchell Robinson or or Chris Boucher? Blazers are one of the teams that are close to having enough money to outright sign him. And even so, if you ignore that fact, they could clear enough space to just go sign him. Let's say you work out of sign and trade. What what are you gonna do? Get like do you get some wings like Nasir Little and who Oh yeah, is uh Miami Heat dude went to Duke. Oh my god, my brain. Justice Winslow. Oh, that fella. Like what are you gonna get back? The best trade that I saw for them which, again, I don't know if Minnesota and San Antonio are eligible for this, is a three-way where they get Jakob Pertle and D'Angelo Russell. So you get your guard off the bench, and then you get a starting caliber center, a arguable top 15 center in the league in Jakob Pertle. Mm-hmm. That's still not like... That's that's okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's nothing amazing. And that's probably, again, from a sign-and-trade value perspective, this these like random aggregate places that are looking for clicks because they put sign and trade DeAndre in their headlines like aren't running through how much San Antonio would do that, how much Minnesota would do that, like the reasoning beyond it and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just, I'm not pulling from any... There's, there's no star out there who's like, trade me either, where it's like, oh, this makes sense. We asked for a couple of... we. I asked for questions, and Anthony Nash, uh, who we both interact with on there, our buddy, asked us, like, do you think... What do you think is the most realistic sign-and-trade option? There's no way of knowing. It's an impossible question to answer. We, we have no idea. And then the ideas I just threw out there, someone's going to talk themselves into, like, the Turner deal. It's like, why would they give up... Why would they give it up? Like, what... For what? Yeah. Like, in, in a sign-and-trade, again, we're talking about sign-and-trades that rarely fetch anything. Like, you're I not will. getting value for DeAndre, which, again, Kevin... There's reason number, we didn't get to this, there's reason number 77 why signing him last year was a huge mistake. Not signing him last year was a huge mistake. If you would have had him under contract right now, it would have been easier to trade him. You would have gotten way more for him. Him on the max wouldn't have mattered. He'd be on the same max. Yeah. and The same one everyone wants to sign him to. Yeah. Well, not the one that everyone can sign him to, to, but they'd be fine with it To me, the big question is, okay, so if we don't have good sign and trade... Now if do you, you just keep him? That's the thing that I'm talking. That, right. That's the point that's I'm the getting to. The conversation is like you can't let him walk. If you let him walk, the the 
front office guys who apparently, I know Ryan McDonough was there, but apparently were so pro Aiton. Uh, just watch the dude who they didn't draft, knock him out of the playoffs. Um, and then you double down on making a mistake in the draft with the number one overall pick by not re-signing him. And then that goes to the conversation of, well, if you do resign him, he, you don't think he's that good, obviously. But still, that that's the best course of action for the team remaining good, right? I think that's where I kind of boil it all down to, like, whatever happened in the background, whatever problems he has about consistency, what is the best move in this situation to keep the team as competitive as possible? And that would, like... 90% of the signs point to re-signing DeAndre Ayton to me. And that's where it's like, I don't I don't even care what you think about the guy. Do you think this team's going to get better by get, letting him walk? Absolutely not. And by the way, where they are with money and be, spending money, if you let him walk, they're still not in a situation where they can just sign someone who's worth $30 million. You can't, you can't let him walk. It's not even worth bringing up. You can't let him walk. Right. So yeah. it's like, so we're pretty much at... The sunken cost problem is here is dramatic. It's a very What I'm going to tell you, Suns fans, is you should probably get over scapegoating him. Like, this is the conversation we, we stopped having like three, two years ago, I guess, where we're just like, look, he is who he is. They drafted him. He's here. If you want to complain about him every night for a full NBA season, the next few, go ahead, but... If you're a Suns fan, like I, I think you need to prepare yourself mentally for the the likelihood that he's back. So with the conversation we're having, I think let's say he's back. You need to make him more of a part of the offense, even if that means slowing okay. everything down and he's on the block three times a quarter getting the ball and not getting the ball before for all the reasons we talked about before, which is that it bogs down the offense. Everything's slow. Okay, he gets doubled. He kicks out. They rotate. Oh, wait, there's four seconds left on the shot clock now. How do we rotate hey, the ball guess with what? four they seconds They couldn't left get any defensive clock. rotations anyway without... They couldn't, so they need to make him a more integral part of the offense unless Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder are more ready to be that part, and it didn't look like they were in that series at all. So they this need, is, And again, you give him the ball more, he's more engaged. Again, except for him for who he is, you got to give him the ball more so he's engaged. Guess what? That's just a problem you have to deal with. Now, again, this is where it gets interesting for another reason. How do you improve the team then? Okay, you've got Jay Crowder's expiring. You've got Dario Saric's expiring. $10 million, $9.5 million. You've got Torrey Craig's, which is worth just over 5 That's 24.1. Can you package that together to go get someone legitimate to play that other wing spot, to play that four? I'm really good at linking things together, Kevin. Like, seeing something on Twitter and being like, where did that come from? And then, like, finding the source. I don't know where this, like, Kevin Durant, LeBron... <laughs> conversations came from i think it's just suns fans coping and trying to figure out how to make themselves feel okay about what just happened and just being like oh yeah remember when kevin durant said he liked scottsdale four years ago remember this clip of him talking up devin booker in various instances like oh yeah he's coming here it's like what did, did kevin durant like ask out of brooklyn what's happening here yeah <laughs> multiple questions uh no Polito, i think that's how i say it uh az asked can you discuss the possibilities of landing a big star like dame and katie i just did uh Plaxico's Glock at Cinnamon Time 2 <laughs> asks, are there any real superstar trades actually feasible? That's to answer both of those questions. No, not right now until we get reports that those people are actually leaving. Are mad. Yeah. And if Dame is leaving Portland, 
you would have to give them Chris Paul because you would need somewhere else for Chris Paul to go unless you're going to play a three-guard backcourt. Gambo and I talked about this when I was filling in, and he he presented it as a three-guard backcourt when he brought it up because he's like, well, who's going to take Chris Paul? And I was like, that's a really good point. So you trade Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden, but then you probably need to find a new team. That's $50 million, $60 million in salary. Portland doesn't have that much space. you got to find another. It gets really complicated, so no, yeah. I, I don't think so right now. Um, <laughs> but... Jay Crowder, Dario Sarge, Tory Craig. Okay, can reasonable. We, can we go get Jeremy Grant? Can we get someone on Jeremy Grant's level there? Yeah. How much does that matter? Maybe a little bit. Okay. Would Detroit do that for another first round pick or so? I don't know, Kevin. Would they do it if we threw Cam Johnson in there? Oh, now we don't have to pay Cam Johnson. Yeah. 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 The, they can't run it back the same way because this this depth issue. Like, they're still searching for ball handlers. I say that every podcast. It's so annoying. I, it's so annoying when I keep saying the same things, but they Flashbacks need that. to when we were five years younger, when you didn't have a child. Uh, you have a child now. Things have changed, no, but haven't. things remain the same. <laughs> what is going on? But, like... So that is, my, yeah. that is my way of saying you can kill a lot of birds with a lot of stones here. Um, These are the most realistic things, I think. And I... You not only solve the luxury tax, like, really big issue, you improve the team, change the dynamic of the team, and you don't take this humongous loss on value with someone like DeAndre, and you add a player who is going to help your championship window right now a lot more in a way where Cam Johnson is a good player, Jay Crowder is a good player, they need another great player, it's pretty obvious they need another pretty great player, the avenues of doing that are extremely difficult, Jeremy Grant is just one example, but I don't think there are many other others left, but now we're back in, I said this on the air over there too, it's like now we're back in 2018 again, where McDonough's got this war chest of assets, and every time Kevin Love gets mentioned, we're like, oh man, here we go again, yeah, the Suns should probably do that, James Harden gets mentioned, oh yeah, they should probably trade for James Harden, all this kind of stuff over and over again, that's what we're going to be doing this summer in terms of everyone asking for the big star. I don't think... Do you think there is any thought to them waiting on these decisions? Do you think we enter next season, opening night, and both of these guys are on the team and they are... Well, that's the thing. They could just sign Johnson to his extension and then trade him later before the luxury tax stuff starts happening. Um, but then that makes it more difficult to, I don't know, the salaries matching and all that kind of stuff. You have to get a team that has like $16 million in cap space going. It, it, it would get weird. Do you think there's a chance of that, that we have this is unanswered on opening night? I think they will make one trade between the draft, which, by the way, I saw this in Bobby Marx's piece again. Go read that. They can't trade their 2023 draft pick till draft night. So if they're making yeah. any big moves, that's not going to happen before draft night. If they're going to get a draft pick, I don't know. Um, I booked my vacation the day after the draft. By the way, okay. it is the day <laughs> after the draft, so I'm really tempting, it out I'm really tempting fate right there yeah. that I'm going to be riding in a hotel room from Chicago on Friday night of uh, the night after the draft. But we'll see. I think that the most thing that makes sense is Crowder or Cam Johnson, but trading Crowder like. The, the problem is there, and I wrote this, like, Jay Crowder led the team in that rating. I know that's whatever. He's important. He's an important 
like piece to the fabric of their team. Just because he's the worst offensive player in the starting five does not mean that he is an integral part of Hard their and offense types. and yeah. their defense. Yeah, so integral, with him, though, integral. okay, you can say Cam Johnson slides into the starting spot. It, it all makes sense. More space to pay him. What do you get if you trade just Jay Crowder? A late pick? I don't a think you body? Get, I don't think you get really much at all. No. Nothing? It Yeah, and it'd have to be one of those three-team deals where, like, if you're going after Jeremy Grant, then there's some other stuff attached, but the Suns, again, don't have a lot to work with. So, I don't know. It's I think they got to make a move like that. Dario, I'm trying to think back, like, he was a big piece because he and Frank kind of showed when that team switched it up on other people without DA and went more five out type that it looked good. Um, Stronger than the playoffs last year though. Yeah. Yeah. So, but who's going to take him less valuable coming off those injuries. It was two knee injuries now. Mm-hmm. So you would need sweetener, which is why I say Cam Johnson, not even sweetener. You would need a primary asset of the deal, yeah. which would be him. Or that 2023 first. <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be a late first. Anything else to say on DeAndre and the luxury tax before we move on? Um, No. I mean, it's for him, it's less about money to me. And even Book, he and Book, it's more about philosophy. And do you think you can extend this window anymore? But... If you don't like what you have, then you kind of just have to say, okay, book, stick with us. We're going to start looking three years down the road. He's worth, yeah, it's worth bringing up like that. If he doesn't want to play with DeAndre anymore, send DeAndre packing. I think it's that simple. And and then you got to start doing things like drafting. Not this year, though. Not unless Unless you you can buy a Unless you can buy a pick. You'd have to. I think they should, and that's another thing. Do I go as far as saying I would shave my head if they buy a pick when they are in the luxury tax? Do I go that far? If you buy it and trade a contract, I think... Would they pay $3 million for traffic just to see me shave my head? I'm not willing to take the bet. I'm not willing to do it. I would do it. I'm not doing it. it. No bet. I want to see them them draft. I want to see them draft. It's off the board. Not doing it. Sorry. Sorry, Suns fans. Can't do it. I like my hair. Don't know how much longer I'm going to have it. Uh, hey, Devin Booker is the face of the franchise and a superstar. They should probably pay him all the money that he wants, or else it is a abhorrent disaster where they are creating a situation that shouldn't even be a situation that is looming all of a sudden. Just like when they didn't pay their center last year, and it turned out to be worse for them for different reasons, but still the same reasons. Of any time not to give someone $50 million, now would be the time. Don't do it. Don't not give him $50 million per year. And look, if he doesn't want it and he wants to see it out, then you've got other problems, but holy smokes, I'd don't. be surprised. I wrote this as a poor person. I'm saying I wouldn't say no to $211 million guaranteed, whatever. I know, I know that he's making, he's just for, made 180 or whatever it was, 150 on the last one, but this is like the, my grandkids are going to, not only be able to go to college, but have their own three-story houses for... Yeah. This is the life, life, life-changing money. It would be hard to turn that down. If you like it here, which I assume he does. It seems like he does still. 
I was trying to find if I hate that we have to talk about it like that even because he loves it here it seems like I was trying to find anyone who'd be like maybe he doesn't take it because he plays his current contract out and then the TV deal gets done during that and then he signs a deal but no it's I don't I don't think he's gonna do that I just stared a clock imaginary clock there behind you counting down the days until he asked for a trade out of here I do not need that to be back in the room again if he we start the season and he doesn't have an extension yet I don't need to have that clock back on the wall do we okay moving on (laughs) yeah for for our own sanity please I was trying to have a conversation but it's just making my brain say stupid things probably the point God Started off this piece by saying, if you're expecting me to absolutely roast and lambast this man, just click that X button. We'll see you next time. It's okay. No hard feelings. Three straight All-NBA teams. Three straight All-Star teams. I don't know about you, Kevin. Everyone keeps reciting the playoffs to me. I think that it matters a whole lot still that he is extremely, extremely one of the two or three best players at his position undoubtedly in the regular season, and then you still get some of that in the playoffs. Maybe not all of it anymore, but you get some of it. I think that matters a whole lot, especially for the price you're paying him, which is not a max. You're still paying $28 million for him. And whatever we saw in the playoffs, quad injury, yada, yada, the question I have for you and what I wrote in there is, do you think this is approaching what we thought we saw five years ago in Houston, which was him starting to get old and this was the, the, the start of the end? Do you think that's happening now? No. No, me neither. I think he's... Even if the quad thing, which kind of changes how you think about how he was playing, but also like Luka Doncic targeting him is Luka Doncic. Like, come on, that's... A dude who's like six eight, drinks yeah. beer before his basketball games, has lots of mass. Like that is the way that they play basketball too. Yeah. Like no, there are like three other teams in the league that do the switchy, switchy, switchy. You're my guy now, kind of thing. Um, I think it's the same question as last off season, which was the same question as the Houston off season, which was the same question as the Clippers off season that he had. The same off season where OKC presented a powerpoint to him that was like yo you're only playing 45 games Mm. we are gonna have you play 26 minutes a game and that's it dog because look at all this research that tells us that this will extend your career and and then he at like the 20 game mark checked himself back into the game basically and was like no i'm playing and we're done with this i'm done yeah and then he played phenomenal (laughs) basketball um he is now worn down in two straight postseasons yeah, and we knew that would happen already. We know that he doesn't need to be the fastest guy. We know he doesn't need... He needs hands to dribble to the midi, but he can get the midi off. He's not the highest jumper. can get the midi off whenever he feels like it, if he can dribble. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's not even a question, and I think James Jones said it, like, they, they need to go get more playmaking like i think the big thing honestly this is about mikel mikel we thought was going to take a lot off of him or at least a little bit more than he did that didn't happen he's got to be at least at 18 a game next year at least what points yeah yeah he's gotta 
Unless unless superstar or star X comes in at whatever position. I I honestly think like do you need to go get a point guard? Uh-huh. If campaign, do you think campaign just had a bad year? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um you need to go get I don't care who it is, what their level is, but they need to be into the rotation and they need to play significant amounts of money. And someone even brought up Ricky Rubio in our questions, I believe. And, like, that's probably not the answer, but if he's out there for, like, a vet's minimum coming off an ACL injury, yeah, go get him. He's probably going to run the offense better than Alfred Payton. What exception do they have as a taxpayer? They have a tax mid-level of 6.4 million. That's a decent player. Ish. You assume people want to play here. You assume that really, really helps with who you're going to be able to get. He's got to start having his uh, loads managed without a doubt. It's got to happen. He has got to be on a minutes limit. If he's at 36 and it's a two-point game in Sacramento in April, take him out, or in February, take him out of the game. (laughs) Have point guard X finish the game. I don't know when this happened, and I think I said this with Burnsy. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I might have been with you. It might have been on a radio hit. I don't know. Everything's blurred together. There's a certain point in the year when during those second quarter shifts and start of the fourth quarter shifts, more like the second quarter shifts, campaign kept bringing the ball up and Chris would just stand in the corner. He was on the floor, but he wasn't on the floor. I was like, what's going on there? It's like, oh, they're resting him. And my no red flags went off like they should have. I was just like, oh, they're just finding ways to rest him still. Okay, makes sense. He, he got a month off in, in the regular season with the thumb injury. And that was still happening when he came back. And I was like, oh, he's ramping up or whatever. And then it happened in the playoffs. And I was like, what? what? Like this is, and this is not just like a, we need to like get the most out of campaign and have him on the ball. That's not what it is at all. It's giving him a rest with his legs. Um, just don't play him. Then. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> because especially in that series when he is getting relentlessly hunted on defense and was one of the worst defensive players in the series by default because of how much he was getting hunted. He put up a heck of a fight in those Doncic isolations and all that kind of stuff. He wasn't getting blown by or anything but like that. But you're just burning him out for no reason to sit in the corner. So like, I just didn't understand that. So he, he's got to be on a minutes limit. I put the numbers in there where it's like he played 38 or over like seven times. There were games where we were looking at the minute total together like, oh man, he's going to play 40 tonight. That, that seems like a lot. It, it did. It was a lot. Again, for regular season games, and that has got to be the mindset now. It's got to be these are regular season games. I, it's very cool and inspiring <laughs> that they think that load management is this nonsense that everyone is, but everyone's doing it for a reason, and we just saw one of the reasons why they're doing it. So your guy doesn't blow out his quad in game whatever of the series, and you lose the series potentially because of it. You know all that cool stuff that they've been promoting with the Verizon, what is it, Verizon Practice Center that I've not... Never 5G been. Performance Center. They have a How bunch of cool you? technology. They You're did never allowed in again. You're going to pull up to security and they're going to be like, we heard what you said. The team, Say it three I'm times in front them. of us. Say the title, 5G, Verizon 5G Performance Center. <laughs> I refuse now. Brought to you by Verizon's 5G in the Performance Center of the Verizon 5G They did 5G a nice video center. for their website about all the cool tech and how it helps the players. Well, you know what? 
Does any of that cool tech tell you that he was playing too much? Because I bet it did. We've heard him say the numbers. He's been like, yeah, we've seen that the amount of dribble someone has per game leads to them wearing down. Which, again, I go to the start of the second quarter stuff, and it's like, that's is that why he's not dribbling? Is that part of the reason why he's not dribbling anymore? Just standing in the corner? And, again, he's getting the ball in those situations. I'm not saying he's standing there for six minutes or whatever. He's involved in the offense in those situations. But he's Chris Paul. He should be bringing the ball up. And, again, he's not bringing the ball up because he's getting full court pressured. And now there's a blueprint to stop him. And guess what? When they're playing New Orleans or Minnesota or Sacramento, not Sacramento, let's not kid ourselves, someone in the first round, guess what? Their best wing defender is going to pick him up full court. They are going to crash the offensive glass. There's a blueprint to beat this team. There's a blueprint to slow him down. They're not going to chase him off three-point line. They're not going to play him in drop coverage. They're going to have their center come up at the free throw line and say, go ahead and lay it in at the basket if you want to, but we have a defender waiting there too. So all of this is to say they need not only to improve Guys like Mikel, I mentioned in the piece, he's capable of scoring 20 a game in the league right now with what he has in front of him, the aggression that he has shown at times as a scorer. It's just like DeAndre. They need two parts of it. They need him to be more aggressive and they need to run more stuff for him. Mm-hmm. DeAndre needs to be more part of the offense. Guess what? When he's pounding the rock into oblivion, going from 14 feet out to 6 feet out with three shoulders into his defender, Chris is standing still. That's probably good. That's probably a good thing. Less off of him instead of... He was still like top 10 in jump shooters at that volume in terms of percentage. And the hook shot was really good. Instead of 60 pick and rolls a game or whatever the number is, it's probably way more than that, honestly, in terms of the amount of ball screens that he runs with him every game. Um, And then, yeah, like someone like Cam Johnson will need to improve too. But then again, like, so can you get... Can you use those salaries we talked about earlier... Or, let's say, like the sign-and-trade gods, who, whoever they are, wherever they are, shine down upon you in a DeAndre Ayton situation, and you can find one of those types of players there. I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe you can. I don't know. I'll be optimistic here draft, for the sake draft, of it. Draft, Or you draft someone who turns into this player. Do you think Ayo DeSunmo, who can blow by a lot of people, defend, um, make a simple kick out? Like, they don't have enough people to... They don't have anyone who can really blow by anyone except Book, and he's, you know... Like, the team that turned out to be six deep could have used him or Herb Jones. Yeah, they could have. Mike they loved Herb Jones, by the way. I don't know if you you heard that. Monty said pre-game, pre, uh, during a pre, one of the pre-games that they like they loved him. Well, should have drafted him. Whoops. That, then, that, you, then you sign Landry Shaman to a contract you probably can't trade this offseason. Whoops. Here's the thing about this team. If the shot clock is below five and you pick any other starters that have the ball aside from Devin Booker and if Chris Paul's struggling do you feel good about a shot getting off I don't I don't feel good about the type of shot I don't feel good about you can take someone off the dribble and make a quick pass and get out of it and save yourself um so this is where those salaries come into play again mm mm-hmm where you look around, someone mentioned like Jordan Clarkson and Eric Gordon again. I don't think Eric Gordon's happening for the same reason it didn't happen last year. He yeah. makes too much money. If you can find someone a little bit cheaper, that makes sense, sure. The free agency market at guard is not too shabby in terms of what we're talking about. Ricky Rubio, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Patty Mills, Victor Oladipo, Joe Ingles, a couple of names that I wrote down. I wrote down John Wall, too, of like he's physically able. Him is like change of pace, bet, <laughs> just better, bigger campaign. Eh. I don't know. Does he have an option or something, or is he done? I don't even know. I think he's just done. 
but then at center there's like nothing it's Mitchell it's Mitchell Robinson and Boucher in terms of guys that make sense for them they're not going to get Zubac or Nurkic playing in a drop the whole game that would be tough (laughs) that would be tough so that's the Chris Paul angle where you just you just need again a lot of credit to the front office because they had a lot of foresight with this kind of stuff Jay Crowder Dario Sarge Landry Shamit even when they acquired Torrey Craig, all of these contracts were acquired with this kind of stuff in mind. Yeah. Like being having options in case whatever, you know, in case we need to make moves. We have these mid-level type deals that where we combine two of them or three of them to get a really, really good player, or we just have one of them on expiring. So if we move Dario for that guard for that kind of price, for example, yeah. it makes a lot more sense. They basically signed Landry Shamit, I think, to this extension, thinking he was going to have this huge breakout year for them, and they were going to get him at a good price on a really flexible deal for two years, basically. Yeah. Seeing that they were going to need this type of guard, and they thought Landry Shamit was going to be that guy. It does not appear, and it strongly does not appear, that he is that guy. Now, if they give him a whole a whole year, like a whole regular season to actually run point guard instead of just throwing him into that role in the Dallas series after he never <laughs> did it in the regular season, which he I thought had was some stuff to him. I, I didn't, didn't even know. I didn't think was like a bad move by Monty. It was just like a, if this was like being considered as an option at some points, like why didn't he do this more in the regular season? Why wasn't when he was playing with pain? Why wasn't he? And then he had a lot of situations where injuries were up and he was the main guard coming off like Alfred Payton was in there. It's like, why wasn't he bringing? I don't know. Regardless, all of that being said, I mean, they, they have the they have two things. I think that's what it really comes down to. Two things: you need to upgrade. You need to upgrade. You need to get a guard. You need to get another guard. You need to now. Yeah. Is that a good enough guard? Like the fake trade that I don't know whatever for D'Lo, or one of the free agency guards that I just mentioned, or there's someone in a trade that makes sense. What's T.J. McConnell doing? That's uh, not it. That's not it. I I love TJ. TJ's a good player. The, that is not what they need. I saw people mentioning DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright is a no. good player. He is not what they need. They need someone who is going to be the hub of the offense when they're out there. That's what they need to do. They need to play with Chris, and they need to play with Book, and they need to be able to run everything still. That's the caliber of player that they need. That's why even when I put Patty Mills down, I was like, I don't know. Mm. Ingles probably not. Oladipo kind of, maybe. Sure. Schroeder will do it. He'll, he'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> he would absolutely adore that. Ricky can do that. Um, we'll, we'll see on those guys. So that's everything for Chris. And then obviously the other thing is if you can upgrade Jay's spot to a significantly better player than him. That is what I need to make clear here. Because if you hedge with a Jay Crowder-esque player who's just like kind of a t- different type of player, you're going to be a worse team. I guarantee they are going to be a worse team. It had, to, it had to have been someone super offensive-minded, but again, if they're super offensive-minded, Jay's a far better defender than them, probably. So. Does Cam Johnson not just fill into you? He does for me, where it's like... I, th- I think he might have to. I think he might have to for the offense, and yeah. good enough on defense, and that's where I'm kind of like, that's just one where like you could go get a draft pick for Jay or something and hope it turns out well, and you get some guy who's ready to go or something... I let's let's talk about the Cam. salary is important yeah yeah let's talk about cam so shoots 42 percent from three multi-positional defender i think we saw the limits of his defense in this series where he is not a high high level defender and he can get picked on with certain mismatches but certain matchups rather 
but he's a good defender overall, without a doubt. Makes energy plays all over the place, all the time, plays his tail off. Good .5 guy in terms of making the smart pass, in terms of two dribbles or less, make the decision, go from there. Running ball screens, we started to see that in the preseason. We were like, oh, okay, maybe. And then we saw a couple more this year. It's not a part of his game yet. The mid-range game, he shot 33% on his mid-range attempts this year. Took 112, which is about two a game. It's not really that many. There is not the scoring upside that Mikel made so obvious at this point for him last year. I don't see that with Cam Johnson right now. I'm still struggling to see it with Mikel. That's fair. With all of that being said, just like kind of presenting the player profile there, 6'8", the way that I wrote it at the start was basically outlining, hey... Here's an actual like number of the guys that are like this in the league that are six six or above. They shoot threes. They shoot them decently, and it's and they're not a star. And it's twenty five guys or whatever. And it's probably more like thirty or thirty five. I'm sure that the qualifiers that I use, like I, I was like, why isn't Jason Tatum on this list? And he shot thirty five point three percent instead of thirty five point four percent. That's the thing with doing things like that um, that I fully accept and acknowledge our thing. I present all of this to you. Because I do not believe we are operating under a mindset where they are just going to re-sign DeAndre Ayton, sign Cam Johnson this extension, and then that core five of Paul, Booker, Bridges, Johnson, and Ayton is going to stick together for the next half decade. Knowing that Paul's like deal might expire at some point, but that core four, I guess, minus Paul, is going to be together for the next half decade. I do not think that is a thing that can happen with, with the tax ramifications. Do you disagree? Agree? What are your thoughts? Let's do some math. 50 for Booker in a couple years. 30 for Aiden. It's going to be a little above. 80 plus. 23 for Mikel. That That's the 24-25 year. So we're already above 100 with three. We're at 103. Yeah. And then we throw in throw Cam's in Cam. 18. Yeah. 120. Even if it's 15. Projected salary cap 134. That is four players. I think it'll jump more. I mean, it's how much more would have to jump though another 20 like it would have to be a lot for it to be okay. They might smooth it, but last time it jumped like nearly 30 or 25. Um but this year it's that significant where it might jump. I read someone thought maybe 70, which is a lot, but that again, that's in a couple of years. But still, it's it's that many million, and even if it's a third of your, um, yeah, it's hard to project. I I don't want to do the math in my head, <laughs> but it, it's a matter of whether you think they're those core pieces. And to me, again, this goes back to not knowing how they're going to view the philosophy because I think DA is a big part of it, and it's a matter of having a plan if you want to go win next year. This is all coming back to me as like, do you go for it again with Chris? One more year? If not, worry about it later. I was trying to do the cleaning glass thing where you add salaries and stuff and I couldn't get there quick enough. But yeah, you're with the same thing. I, It's the same kind of discussion, basically. So what was your answer ultimately? Like where you lead? You can't say? Okay, that's fair. I, I don't think so. So let's operate under that assumption. I, I just think it's weird because you have to say, okay, if you want to have a competitive team next year, you do have to 
You don't have to with Cam, I guess. But let's come into work on Monday after we've been we've been told that it's got to be one or the other. Who are you choosing? Based on everything we know, we're factoring in everything we know, which is like the sign and trade stuff we mentioned. What you know about Cam? I'd still go DA. You'd still go DA. Yeah, I think I would have to go Cam based on based on. Actually, I don't know. I think I would have to go DA based on this year's team. I just don't. you would basically basically what you would do is you would do the sign and trade for DA, take a huge hit on the value, bring Cam into the starting lineup, hope that him and Mikel really improve offensively. You find that third guard that is absolutely perfect, and then yeah. you find a center who is Mitchell Robinson, Jakob Pertle esque, who is a top twelve to eighteen center who does all the little stuff you want DeAndre to do, and they do it pretty well. Not like when DeAndre does it, it's absolutely incredible the levels he reaches. Yeah. You're not gonna get those levels. You're gonna get something that's like a B minus or whatever, and you're like, Oh, hey, look, a B minus is there all the time instead of these random Fs and, and these random A pluses. Like, we'll take the B minuses. Um operating under that, and then you're just banking on those three guys. Johnson Bridges Booker is your core for the next I think it's easier with DA. I think you just risk it with DA and hope he not hope he figures it out, but hope that you just catch the right postseason. <laughs> Just don't know yeah. how else to phrase it. You hope you get twenty twenty one postseason instead of twenty twenty two. You get outplay league MVP and Anthony Davis and back to back series as opposed to unable to outplay Maxi Kleba or Dwight Powell in a playoff series. My whole thing is I think they can fix a lot by not touching the core. Again, I don't know if that's right financially, and that's why like me not understanding how money works well enough and how much the T V deal will help matters and so my piece on the role players is more like okay that's where i want to end it yeah what are the non-negotiables for you when it comes to improving this team i don't think there's anything that is untouchable other than book what i mean by that is what are the areas the team absolutely has to improve we can sit here and say they need a better starting power forward that's like near an all-star we can't say that's an absolute thing that's gonna happen and is realistic to expect out of them for example they have to get a better they have to have a guard off the bench a ball another ball handler who is certifiably a starter on a couple of bad teams basically the ricky rubio move basically you need a kevin love-esque kind of guy at guard if that makes sense at all someone who is accepting that they are playing a bench role on a really good team and they bring a unique dynamic and present something that almost no other big does. Like the mm-hmm. skill set that Kevin Love has as an offensive big off the bench is one that like four other guys in the league have. You need that at guard. That is very specific. That is very difficult to find. They can find it. They have the tools to find it. I think they need what the Clippers did at the trade deadline, which is go find you wings who can make shots and defend and get that guard what reality are we living in with said wing expand that's where i'm like so are we living in a cam johnson mccoverages and jay crowder world are we living with one of those guys gone is cam gone is jay gone we're living younger in a world with one of those guys gone okay going younger or just adding someone honestly just having know. four wings and then bouncing the playing time a little bit going three wings more playing chris like, paul less in that kind of way i, like I want to say ish wainwright should play more but i don't know if he's that good but if he was that good i would want ish wainwright to play more like monty wanted tory craig to play more 
but obviously he was not playing very well. Mm-mm. Um, you need to do kind of what Dallas did too. Like you need those guys who can shoot, switch that kind of stuff, regardless of whether you keep DA. If DA is even there, you still need to be able to go small like that. Um, bring back big, Biombo. strongman five. Him. Biombo. Also bring back playmaking, change of pace five. Frank. Yeah. I just think like bringing back Biombo Kaminsky. That's cheaper. Easy. I don't know if JaVale would go for a small contract, so I don't. I don't know about Biombo. Like looked the same to me too the whole year. By the way, I was like looking for the type of. Okay, it's been a couple of weeks now. You've been, you weren't playing basketball for a while. Or is like this towards the end of your career? It obviously is, but how near? And he looked fine physically the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. I just okay. So we're talking reset. We're talking the starting five. Whoever that five, whoever that four is, whatever, whoever that center is, whatever. Yeah. Off the bench, in terms of depth, you need a better guard. You need another wing. Mm-hmm. And then you need your two centers, one of each kind of play style. That's nine guys right there. Yeah. Okay. And that's where Payne and Shamit might be still there. And if they're not playing, so be it. But So we didn't mention that, that part. Cam's down for, I believe, $6 million next Six year. And, and half, I believe yeah. 2.5 is guaranteed, if I read that correctly somewhere. And then it's fully not guaranteed the year after that. I don't know the partial. But yeah, it's... There's a reason that I wrote in one of these things, this is the toughest offseason Jones has had so far. Because what we just said in, is very, very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. Which is why the odds are, to what you're saying, we see a new guard here, and then it's basically the same team. Yeah, we're thinking of all these scenarios, and it's like, still, it's running it back's not the thing that's going to get you being a finals favorite, but running it back also, like, they can't just completely, completely blow it up. No, but they, they need to blow shake it up. it up. A little shake, shake. Yeah. People who are listening to this still who want it to be blown up, please tweet me and explain what your thought process is. I would love to hear it because holy master Toledo. plan. What what is the what is the end goal there, sir? Yeah, because a lot of this has been like me saying, uh, eh, and that's because it it does just make sense to run a lot back, but yeah. Okay, let's play a game to end this. You ready? Yeah, I guess. Let's run down the list of the roster right now at the end of the season and go with who we would absolutely want to guarantee we will 100% say they will be back on the roster. As far as like predicting? Predicting. Okay. We're just predicting. And these are the people, again, if you have a 99.9% and you have like a little, I I don't want them to be mentioned. I'm going to go alphabetically. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. You feel 100% confident that he is coming back next year. Wait, what? 100%? Okay, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that you would essentially bet your life on that they are going to be on the roster next year. No, no, no. Which is where DeAndre is a no. Bismack Biombo. Yes. I will say yes. No. Devin Booker. Yes. Yes. Mikel Bridges. 
Oh. Okay, this is this is that's my That's the I, one that's going to blow up my head. This is the reason why I wanted to play this game and I wanted to mention him because look, if the all NBA-esque player comes across and they say we want Mikel Bridges, I don't know what you do. I think you say yes. Defense is he a wing? Then yes. Yeah, I think you say yes. Which yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but I think you say yes. Now again, the list of players is seven guys, probably eight. Suns fans should be disappointed. Well, if you want to keep Mikel, I guess not. But you should be disappointed the Celtics didn't keep on imploding earlier this season. So that, that man, would, that those two wings on yeah. the Celtics can't be. Yeah. Continue. That would have been perfect. Those are two of the names, basically, but they're like obviously they're not up. No, Durant, LeBron, Tobias Harris. I'm kidding. Tory Craig. No, no. Jay Crowder. No. I wish it was yes. No. Aaron Holiday, who we haven't even brought up yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> no chance. Why? More the Suns or his? Oh, just I. They, he's not coming back if he wasn't playing in crunch time or not crunch time the opposite of crunch time correct and he should probably be Garbage pissed time. that he wasn't playing anyway yes. so he should, probably shouldn't want to come back here even though it's a great place to play Cameron Johnson I actually would go yes even though you Miss Champ isn't ready to let his doppelganger go no yet. that's a good point not yeah, I feel better nope I, I include him. So right now we're 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 at two. We're at Booker and Cam Johnson. That's it. I wanted to say yes on Mikel, but that point one percent is there. So I can't mm-hmm. say I can't say it. I can mm-hmm. say it for Cam Johnson though. Super nice trade chip. Efe Lomberg's here, by the way. I'll throw him in there, sure. No. <laughs> okay. JaVale McGee. No. Chris Paul. I'd actually say yeah on him. I'd say yes too. I don't think he's going anywhere. No. I don't see it. Like I don't see it's a really good the contract is really good for what the spot they're in right now if those yeah. other two years were guaranteed you could talk me into it but then like who would take him I, yes i i will say this if james jones wants to do a big change that wouldn't surprise me totally but that would completely okay so we're at booker cam johnson and chris paul we're at three yeah i'm still gonna say yes though on chris me too yeah campaign no. Yes. Oh. I believe for all the other contracts that they have that are movable and for the way that James Jones thinks about depth, he's actually their perfect third string point guard. Yeah, that's true. And you've got him on the money right now. You'd have to find a way to move him. Maybe he can be included in a deal. Non-guaranteed next year, too. It hurts the tax bill a little bit more this year, though. That's the only place, again, if they're really going to clean up the margins for this tax bill, that's where you worry about guys like him. That's the only reason he would he would be gone, right? I think he has tax a implications. More, but I think he has more value if you need that much money than like Tory Craig. Correct. So if a team wants a little something, something okay. for just like a back. Did I convince guard. you or no? No. Okay. I say yes. Okay. Alfred Payton. <laughs> no. Isn't that crazy how through the almost the entire season? regular season he played like he was like a guy in case of emergency and the emergency was the entire regular season yeah. <laughs> they won 64 games dario sarich no unfortunate i say no too and it i there's part of me that wants to say yes because of what he is on the team and around the guys and with the coach 
and the fact that he's coming off this double knee surgery where no team would take him, but he's an expiring contract, and that matters more than anything else. This is a fun one. Landry Shamit. Do you believe there's a non-zero chance that he could get included in a trade is basically the question here. It's basically like Jay and... I'll go yes. Me too. I don't think the Suns are like his absolute last stop, by the way, Kev. I don't think so. When someone's been on three teams in three years or whatever. It makes sense now. You can... In the future, I think we've learned, like, just... Even if it's someone you like and Ish Wainwright. He should be a yes. I don't know if he I think it's a yes. Yeah. I think they need but to But do bring... you think some other team is like, hey, you want five million dollars? <laughs> and he'll be like, oh. He gets like Javon sounds... Carter esque money from someone. That sounds good. Oh my god. Ish, if you get offered five million dollars from someone, please take that money. Not that you like will need it because you're going to make more money in your future in the NBA, good sir, but please take that money anyway. Uh, Landry, did you say yes or no, by the way? I said yes. 100% I he's back. Think. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. I'm going to stick with it. Ooh, that's going to hurt people. I say no. I think he's gone. Monty loves him. All right. So our total list, we agree on everyone but one player. We both said yes on Devin Booker. We both said yes on Cam Johnson, which is very interesting. We both said yes on Chris Paul. You said no on campaign. I said yes. You said yes on Landry Shamit. I said no. We agreed on two players. No, I said no. Yeah, I said no. You said yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You believe Landry Shamit's hundred percent coming back. I believe there's a ninety-five percent chance to come back or ninety, whatever. Ish Wainwright. We both said yes. We really went up and down the roster. Though. That's fun. Like all hit all the gaps in it. How much different is this team going to be next year before we end it? Where do you where do you subscribe to like what, number of players out, out of everything that we just talked about in the exercise that we just used? Are we still ultimately looking at like at least ten of these guys are back next year, and all of this was for nothing, and they've still got the same starting five, or it's just Cam Johnson in place of Jay Crowder? That this is the better way to ask the question. Do you think their top six will be exactly the same next year? No, me neither. I think something's going to happen. I don't know what because yeah. we just ran through a lot of options, but. We both believe we both believe Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Cam Johnson are staying here. That's three, but those other three: Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton. We have no. McElbert is included in there, but there, but yeah. that's like the Kevin Durant small. Um, what am I thinking of? What is uh, the Kevin Durant clause? That's the Kevin Durant clause. <laughs> in case Kevin Durant really does love Scottsdale that much, and he's really sick of uh, Kyrie's stuff over there. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Old Towns, Old Towns still bumping, see, good sir. I think it's likely one of their top six is not there, but I think like it'll look by and large the same team as far as the rotation. Like I think the back end's going to churn a bit, but um, I just do think there's going to be one move that's going to be, okay, we're making a little bit of a change here. It's crazy how Devin Booker is 25 as good as he is at basketball and I'm um, if I'd uh, let's 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 go one prediction further. Do you think that Devin Booker will appear in the finals again for the Suns? <sighs> That's what's been on my mind a lot the last week. I was like, was that it? Was that one time it with this team? Not like this group, but like with this franchise, was that it? 
four years after this? It would be six total years he would be under contract for if he, he signs has, a Supermax. Let's just say he has till he's 31. Yeah. I'll say maybe one more. I think he makes it back again. I don't know who is around him, but I think he makes it back. I can't see it being this, this entire team, podcast of six years has I'll been. I'll give them a little credit. Our six year history has basically been us betting on this guy getting better every year, and he's done it every single year. And I don't think it's going to stop just because he hits his like prime physically or whatever at 27 or 28. I think he's going to keep getting better. I think eventually he'll be a top five player in the league. I think eventually he'll win a scoring title. And maybe that's maybe that's what the change that's needed. Maybe it's him completely owning the, the points per touch nonsense. Enough of that. Thirty three a game. Here you go. Maybe that's it. Just maybe going. that's next year, man. That's what I've been talking about in a couple of different places on a couple of different hints. I've been like, I can't imagine how pissed off he is right now. He's going to be pissed for like the rest of his life probably about what happened. Whatever's yeah. happening, yeah, he's probably pissed about. The thing that we don't know about, which is whatever made them do what they did. Yeah. And he's probably more pissed about how it made them look than <laughs> actually what happened. Yeah. Because <laughs> it made them look like... That's right alongside the Rockets, right? The 3-1. Or the the opposite, the Clippers. The 3-1 for the Clippers. Josh Smith hitting threes. <laughs> Meltdown City. That's right alongside this, right? If not above it, for greatest collapses we've seen in the NBA in the last 10 years, 15 years. They were the favorites for the title, Kevin. It's pretty bad. And also, it wasn't like it was one thing that just went wrong against them. And it you're was like just, everything collapsed. And it was, uh, yeah. Everyone together. I think the reason you're hesitating is because I, I agree with what I don't even know what you're probably saying yet, but I think you just are. Like, we have a tendency to over exaggerate in the moment. But I don't think we're over-exaggerating here. Yeah, I think he's going to come back super pissed next year and just dominate. He's going to make first team again, probably. I don't know, and I think it's going to be... I think that's maybe the change we didn't talk about enough, is just he's going to take... Like, what? what's his career high for shots per game? 18? 19? 21 this year. I think he takes like 24, 25 shots he next year. Game. And they might have to. And he might have to, that's the thing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much if you're still listening to this point. Like we said, we'll be back if breaking news happens uh, that is deemed worthy enough of having a podcast by the two of us. I guess we'll phrase it that way because if there's a Mikael Bridges making all defense, Seven Booker making first team All-NBA, we're not going to come back for that stuff. Congratulations to them ahead of time for making first team All-Defense, first team All-NBA, Chris, third team All-NBA probably. Congrats to those guys. We would assume... But uh, that's going to be it. What are you doing with your time, buddy? You just took two weeks, obviously, but what are you doing with no basketball? I have no idea. During the playoffs. I'm going to watch the basketball, which Warriors are good. Uh, the games have sucked so far. They yeah, were they The first two were actually good games because at least the, it was still a game by the mid-third quarter and then everything blew up. Um but the one today was terrible. Celtics and Heat game two was just a travesty. I I went to go um, clean around the house for 10 minutes just because the Heat were up by 10. And I come back and the Celtics are up 15. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I just went to go keep cleaning and like put headphones in and then came back out again. It's worse. 25 or whatever. I'm like, what? what in the world's going on? I can't take 15 minutes here? Goodness gracious. 
I'm taking a vacation. This will be my first vacation since 2019. Huge. Traveling somewhere. It's big. I found a tweet with Rich where I tweeted him and said, he like advised me on something and I was like, I'll take that into mind for my next full week off in 2023. I was only a week. I was only, I was only a year off. I was close. Uh, I'm going to be going to Chicago in late June for Forbidden Door. Wrestling fans will know about this. It's this huge wrestling promotion in America and this huge wrestling promotion in Japan having a joint show together. It's a thing that hasn't happened in 20, 25 years in the history of wrestling. It's a really big deal, and I love watching both of them. And one of the questions, in fact, was like, what is the match I'm looking forward to there? So I will answer that question right now. I just want to see Kazuchika Okada, and that's it. He's the biggest star in Japan, and he's What's his deal? Incredible. Um, six Synopsis. five, okay. Like small ball four, probably. If he had to be, he's a man. Uh, I can't wait for that. And then I'm going to take another one in July or August here, but that's how I'm going to be spending the time covering a lot of D backs baseball. Our Fourth of July won't be ruined by free agency. I hear it's August, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we're going to have to prepare for the draft a little bit, maybe, but yeah, like we shouldn't, but. We, I mean, we should, but we probably don't have to. But the, then again, I am going to be. We are going to be watching a lot of baseball, so we are going to have like a lot of time in between every and it pitch. happening and pitching change so to like pitch clock down. Like how I was watching Frank Nealakina tape at D-backs games that draft. Like I'm probably going to be doing some version of that when I'm covering the Dodgers next week. The Dodgers games next week, so we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> All right, again, thank you everyone uh, for listening. That'll be four weeks away then, I guess, would be. We'll, we'll check in the week of the draft, and we'll do our usual. Like, we mentioned that last year. Is like We love we have talk- to do the draft, yeah. We love talking about the draft, whether we like to admit it or not. I feel fine with admitting it. I don't know if you do. I, yeah. I love talking about the draft. We got to check in on our boy Coloco, make sure he's getting that four-year guarantee in the first round, and this draft doesn't hose him of the money that he so rightfully earned. Benedict Matherin, hopefully, is not a member of the New York Knicks or the Sacramento Kings. Hey, and, if DA walks... Why is Dale and Terry getting all this draft buzz, by the way? They're ruining my college basketball team with this. John Hollinger ranking him like 20th. How dare you? He wrote that he could shoot. I don't think so. That's a a declaration someone has made before. Oh, gosh. I really don't need that to happen. But yeah, we'll check in the week of the draft, give our terrible takes about Paolo Bancaro and all that kind of stuff. Like when we make fun of the Raptors for taking Scotty Barnes last year, and then it turns out that he's awesome. (laughs) We can't. can't. We hit on Mobley. We were both Mobley guys. I don't remember. We did that. For every miss, there is a hit, I guess. My Reeves stock just blossoming, doing so well. I'm so proud of myself. You just saw the hair and you knew. All right, buddy. Like I said last time, really fun year. Looking forward to draft talk in a month. Go get some rest. Hopefully we're not doing Sarver talk next week. (laughs) Please. Please, ESPN. Wait until like August or September for us, for our vacations. Goodbye, everyone.